You're listening to a Comics XF podcast. X-Men. Hey everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story for me to see. I don't know why I did a voice there, Adam. That's okay. I'm Adam and you can do a voice whenever you want. Because I'm the bad boy of X-Men podcasting, Zach James. Hey. (laughs) Hey. Hey. And, you know, it's okay to be confused. Uh, We are reading some, some just confusing comics this week uh this is our annual annuals episode uh so we're talking about annuals it's i mean i'm not doing the math but this is more than annual did we do we we already annually talk about annuals i bet we did an annuals episode this year you know it's not it's not bad to to go a little early for your annual checkup so it's the same kind of thing and maybe this is about as unpleasant as that can be you know Cause I'm starting to think annuals might like, I've always been on the side of annuals thinking that yeah, they're fun. You're pro but now I'm thinking that might not be the case. I don't know what to tell you. It very much has never been the case. <laughs> annuals historically have all been bad. That's why they weren't in the regular comics because they were annuals. I'm just kidding, but also kind of not. When's I the mean, last time you read a good annual? Yeah, it. I mean, they don't really make them anymore, but uh, they do. Like, they make all of the companies make annuals every year. Do they? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, bud. There was an X Men annual this year. Do you... there was? Oh, right. It was Firestar. That's right. Yeah, they did that no, one show. Was that, that was this last year? year. That was what last was year's X Men annual. This is X Men annual volume five. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Adam. Are you telling me that you're not up to speed with the contest of chaos? Oh, that was terrible. I did read that. <laughs> Whoa, that was bad. That was real well, bad. That was the one. Was the Firestar one, yes. Yeah, that was like Storm and Iceman fighting in a cave or something. I, that was bad. No, it was. It was a bunch of characters fighting Spider-Man and Wolverine, Iron Man versus Storm, Human Torch versus Ghost Rider, Moon Knight versus Taguki. Uh, who I do know, I just don't speak Korean at all. Uh, Spider Gwen versus White Fox, Venom versus Deadpool, and Cyclops versus Captain Marvel. Oh, I, yeah, okay. I think I read this. Anyway, I don't know why I said all of those. These aren't good comics. No, no. So, um, are the annuals that uh, we've selected this week are in keeping with the um, annual crossover event, right? Which is similar to what you just like Contest of Chaos. Right. You know, you, you come up with a, a fun, catchy title like Atlantis Attacks and you just slap it on all the covers and you hope that people buy all the different titles, you know, and they could they could get in a, a complete story. And that's a terrible way to uh, sell a comic, <laughs> by the way. I'm just like, y'all, it does not make sense the way that our first suggestion goes to go from Uncanny X-Men Special Volume 1 to Iron Man Special Volume 1, number one, to Nova Special Volume 1, number one. Why would I know? Why would I? (laughs) Just put out three books. I get it. I get it. Oh, number ones are the only thing that sell. Y'all, maybe you have a bigger issue here. 
That's okay. All right. So what is our request this week from our lovely patrons? Uh, I just told you it was uh, Uncanny X-Men special and Iron Man special and Nova special, but I didn't give you the title of that or mention who was on Patreon, Adam. Yeah. Tell, tell me who it is. The thing about Patreon supporters like Patrick Stump is that they went over to patreon.com slash battle of the atom, reached deep down into their hearts and pocketbooks and tossed a couple, just a couple, opinions of coins into our coffers. And I'm I'm forgetting what I say. And it, thank you, Patrick. Five dollars if you want to be like Patrick. It's great. Hey, the line's short. Get go, to the head of it. Go, Make some requests. You too Make can some requests, people. <laughs> Because what Patrick suggested is the 2014 annual crossover, No End in Sight. Oh, thank God there was. Thank God there was an end in sight. It was only three issues because this is bad. This is, I'm, I don't even want to talk about it. I assume that you it's also didn't read this in 2014, right? No, I remember this uh, coming out and I remember going, why is Uncanny crossing over with Iron Man and Nova? I, I think I remember flipping through this and also being like, who is drawing this? Like, it just looked so cheap and flimsy. Uh, and, um, it's uh, it's it's Ron Atkins followed by uh, Ramit Handoko and uh, John Timms. That's who's drawing it. Yes. And on writing, curious. And on writing duty. Uh, I've not read other comics by this person. Sean Ryan was an editor at Marvel for a while, uh, had been an editor at DC, wrote the New 52 Suicide Squad, uh, and also was at this time doing a short-lived run on Nova, but about Sam Alexander, the Kid Nova, that... Yes. Just the problem with the Kid Nova... And I don't dislike him. It's just that in every opportunity, he is outshined by everyone he has put around, including on the champions of the three main champions characters. He's easily the least popular and least or most replaceable. Uh, and also he is the second best Nova because look, man, I even like Shauna or I even like Sam Alexander, but he ain't, uh, he ain't, uh, he ain't Dick Ryder, baby. <laughs> I was going to see if you said deck. Uh, listen, I, I'm sure Sean has written some other things. Um, I will say this is the only comics of his that I remember reading. And I also think this could be the thinnest script I have ever read <laughs> a comic before, because if this guy was getting paid by word count, I, some of these full pages of comics maybe have five words on them. It feels like it's amazing how little is actually on the page. I am not against having few words. I am a little against it when the words and the story is bad. Cause here's what happens before you, hold on a sec. Before you no, 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 no. Before you do this, hold on. I want to just say the pitch, <laughs> okay, the pitch. For this story should be fun. Like the, when I know that your story is going to feature death's head and is going to make a deep dive cut and bring back a weird Howard shaking character from Marvel premiere. Like that should be fun. And now Zach, please explain to the audience what the plot of this story is. That is not fun. 
Okay, so the story is about Monarch Starstalker. We all know him, right? Uh, well, Monarch Starstalker is a Howard Chaykin Marvel premiere character, and he's had a couple appearances. He's basically a guy that he flew through a dime. But he shows up in 1976 and then doesn't show up for 30 plus years. Yeah, yeah, he has a couple appearances in in I guess the first volume of Nova. Not the first volume. It's the it's the uh, DNA era Nova. There it is. Okay, but he's basically a guy. He's a bounty hunter. He flew through a star. He got powers. He has a usually a really cool golden hawk that's like also his nervous is, system. Like is Phantom the X. robotic is the hawk really cool? Because <laughs> I'm not I'm not convinced. And I have read. You, you could know, make this character this. cool. This story makes it so he's an absolute deadbeat loser, and not like there's no reason that it would be interesting for him to be in this story at all. It's oh, it's really not. So he as he gets hired to capture the pirate Summers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he being bad at his job hires Death's head. And we've talked about on this very podcast. Death Set's kind of great. He's awesome. Yes. He's not here. Yes. Why doesn't Death's Head do Death Head things or talk like Death Head? It's very confusing. Why is he just a dude? I don't know. It's like he had no idea. Like Sean had no idea who Death Head was or what his whole deal was. Just that he was a bounty hunter. So. Uh, it's very strange how he's written. In fact, the, the vast majority yes. of these characters are written completely out of character. Yes, it's so wild. It's so wild. Because here's the thing. I'm not like a Death's Head purist. I am not like, well, I've got to catch up on all of Doctor Who so I know what's going on with Death's Head lore. And then I have to catch up <laughs> with all of Transformers so I know what's going on with Death's Head lore. I, for people who don't know, Death's Head was a Transformer that got transformed formed by Doctor Who into a big robot man thing and sent yeah. into Marvel Comics. That's thank thank you, British that's people. Not right, <laughs> but it's not wrong either. And just to be clear, the parts that aren't wrong aren't me saying Transformers in Doctor Who. All of that part is absolutely true. That is correct. Yeah. So I'm not like a big Death's Head like guy, but I know like four things about Death's Head because I've read a Death's Head comic book before. Mm -hmm. it's just you had to read one and you're like oh i get this guy's deal he's not complicated he likes money mm -hmm. he's a big robot bounty hunter man and yep. he says yes as a question at the end of everything yep guess yes. how many of those things he does in this story just one he's a bounty hunter he does he appear doesn't... to be about normal human height and does not say yes at the end of his statements <laughs> he doesn't dislike money <laughs> based on the fact that Here's what happens. Uh, Death said captures the wrong Summers brother. Yes. Which Cyclops. On paper, very funny. Mm-hmm. Not here. Because Havoc was the one that did all the space pirating stuff in the Shi'ar everything, uh, which some random, I don't even know how to describe, just some, like, dudes are mad about. That's it. It's just, uh, like, yeah. some strange, some strange people who this is their first appearance. Yeah. It's just a random Shi'ar person, I think, but it, it's just a matter. guy. It doesn't matter, guy. which makes the plot bad. It makes the plot mm -hmm. bad that there's no real reason 
why any of this is happening. Cyclops gets captured. Death's Head does say, well, we're taking the money anyway, which doesn't even feel like a Death's Head thing to do. It feels like a standard space bounty hunter thing to do. Like, it's not even mm-hmm. charming in the way that Death's Head is charming when he does crimes, regardless. So because regardless. they have Cyclops, because Monarch has Cyclops, the uncanny team, uh, the Bendis uncanny kids have to go after Cyclops. So we they say do this. Kids, v- nearly all of these people are in college. You know what I mean? It's, I'm just trying to clarify, you know, which, yes, which yes, team, yes. Of, team of X-Men we're talking about here. Uh, yes. They do this by uh, going through sword and then they infiltrate a sword spaceship with Tony Stark as Iron Man. Uh, and then Monarch in the meantime goes and visits Nova, doesn't realize it's not the same Nova. And then everybody fights in the last issue for no apparent reason. And then it's over. You would think you would think that a story where Fabio Medina, Goldballs himself, egg as he were a story where he has to trick Iron Man would kind of be funny. I'm going to tell you the audience for that story is me and it's Adam (laughs) and it should be good. I think the problem here is that, um, A, I've already mentioned that the script is very thin, but we're Why is Iron to... Man so bad in this, too, also? You'll get yeah. to the problem, but he's written, like, we just haven't talked about it, and there's an Iron Man issue. He's only here because Kieran Gillen did Death's Head, but better, in a Kieran Gillen comic with Death's Head. Yeah. Uh, during his frankly kind of poor Iron Man run that I don't love, but did have death said for a little bit. I'm sorry. The problem, Adam continue. Well, we we're so used to Bendis's voice on this era and you know, to his credit, he's given each one of these characters a personality. We have an idea of what they're all about. Sean Ryan does not understand these characters at all. He tries to do this weird thing with um, the, the uncanny crew looking at a picture of the new mutants and saying something about how they're all forgotten or, or something like that. And that's supposed which to be is, their emotional beat. And it's like that that does not work at all. Which is wild because they're looking at a picture that's not, hey, these are all of the weird. They're not like looking at Gossamer and Birdbrain and Magma. Hell, no, they're, they're looking, not at, even like looking at Magma. Yeah, yeah. Like cannibal in sunspot. It's like, yeah, these guys are forgotten. I'm like, that, they are they? currently, they're currently <laughs> Avengers. You're right. They're not nobody, and uh, so that's one of the big problems. I, I agree. Iron Man seems like extra stupid and and out of he character, and you know, Nova is doing his "I'm a dumb kid" thing. Monarch is doing his "I'm depressed" and useless thing and none of monarch it is, is interesting monarch is them making fun of a character from the 70s and while i love doing that i don't get it like i'm not in on the joke you would have to have remembered monarch first to get the joke right and there's no continuity whatsoever or context given for you to get in on that because he does it here's the thing he's so down on his luck, he has sold his Golden Raven thing. The one thing I'd be like, wait, I remember seeing that. It took me a couple of like pages to realize, wait a minute, did he say, oh, it's 
Oh, right. I remember seeing somebody do a Twitter post about this character, you know, and I, I, I get it, I guess, you know, but, and it's not just Sean Ryan's script. Uh, the art in all three of these issues are, is, is just terrible. It's really bad, very rushed artwork. Um, there's a lettering yeah, like mistake in the third issue that had my head scratching because it showed a, a, a line that was supposed to be for one of the cuckoos, but it was coming out of Tempest's. It was directed at Tempest and it was like, it was saying that Tempest was reading characters' minds. And I was just like, what is going? Oh, that's what they did. That's what they did. They don't know the difference between these two characters because they're both drawn so similarly and poorly that they don't know, like the letterer doesn't know where to point the word bubble. So Adam, do you, uh, do you want to know between the three artists on this, mm-hmm. how many Marvel credits they had to their name before this comic and how many they had after? Uh, I'm going to guess less than five before, less than 10 after. Combined, all three of them had yes. one credit from Marvel before this. Okay. And let's see. 11 21 minus 3 18 total after this some of those were infinite comics hey i do hope that that each of them got better at their craft but no because i got so mad at ron atkins when he followed this up with his moon knight run with cullen bunn that i didn't buy moon knight a book i really really liked in general which then that run got mixed up because Herman Peralta starts doing a couple of Columbus issues and the Herman Peralta issues are the best issues of the run. I mean, you can't can't go up against Herman Peralta with this, this style. It's just not, I don't even want to call it a style. It's just not good. You know, it's bad enough that the script is so poor, but when you pair it with artwork that just, it just looks so cheap. You know, it it looks rushed. It doesn't have any sort of formal quality for storytelling. And you end up with all of these characters that look like vaguely on model, right? But not really. And that's really not helped by the fact that the X-Men are in these sword outfits, uh, you know, for for the bulk of the story, too. So comics artists, comics artists, this is this is for you unless. Actually, no, this one is, let me be clear. This one is for the writers. Unless your artist has a style where all of the characters have a very different silhouette and very different hair and facial structures, don't put them in matching uniforms. Yeah. Don't do it. Especially don't do it if they have helmets on. Because that (laughs) throws off the whole vibe. And I'm not talking about that book right now, but I know what you're talking about. Um, I'm talking about Marauders volume two, uh, but it is a problem here. One of the most insane choices I've ever seen. It is a huge problem here. Yeah. Huge problem. So uh, this one's bad and I don't, I don't really see that much need to talk about it much more. Um, I didn't like it. You want to rank it? Yeah. I want to put it on our big old list. Uh, That's the thing, Adam. We have a big old list. Uh, Have you ever heard of Sisyphus? I have, yeah, from from yeah. Greek mythology, pushing who that every rock. Day had to pu- yeah, had to push a boulder up a hill, only for it to roll yep. back down. Mm-hmm. So that's you and me. 
We're the Sissify. <laughs> the Sissify. <laughs> I didn't think about what the plural of that was after before I said it. It is funnier like that it. way. I like it. I like it. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Tell me about this list. Give me, give me some information. 149 stories on the road to five, or 900, whatever. We've been doing so much of this. We're ranking wow. up from best to worst. House of X Files at 10s at 1. Uh, X-23 Touching Darkness at 200. 400 is The Amazing Nightcrawler. 600 is Judgment War from X-Factor. 800 is that time that Jean teamed up with the Daughters of the Dragon and telepathically learned Kung Fu like she was a Neo from The Matrix. Uh, and the worst X-Men story of all time is 29 Word of Tomorrow. Okay. Are we uh, in the 600s or the 700s here? Yeah, I mean, this is worse than Ultimate War at 700. Yeah, I'm looking down. I'm looking down. We're definitely in the 700s here. This is worse than Origin at 756. Okay. Yeah, probably. Is this... Oh, boy. This is probably on par with Domino Volume 1 at 772. But even that, I think there were some attempts to make a story there that... This yeah, one, that's the thing. This... I'm looking. I'm looking at things that make an attempt. And it can be yeah. a poor attempt, but they are making an attempt. Here's the thing: seven ninety seven typhoid fever. Oh, another comparison. Hey, typhoid fever's got more going on for it. I think so. Mojo Worldwide had more going on at eight hundred one. So now we're in the eight hundreds. Yeah, we kind of are. Yeah. Okay. Uh jeez. Is mean, this? this is... Yeah. This okay. is better than Dazzler the movie. I I would agree. I think it is. I mean, I. I don't know is it worse than x-men the animation special that's an interesting one because x-men the animation special is a story it's not <laughs> a comic yeah uh better or worse than x-force shatterstar listen no and i'm not like wanting to give the rob credit on this day <laughs> however uh x-force shatterstar is better than this <laughs> All right, so has, why don't we... Like, ready a pterodactyl or whatever it is? Yeah, that's better than this. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say. This this is a very bad comic, but it doesn't bridge to offensive, which some of the stories below this do. So I'm totally fine with slotting this in as our new 815. Yeah, above Dazzler the movie, let's do it. Perfect. What I also just want to stop ranking this comic. This one's yeah, bad. that is a bad one. That's a bad one. All right. Well, I did enjoy this next one a little bit more. Uh, in fact, a lot more than, than the first story. So what is this one? This next one is the 2011 annual event, Escape from the Negative Zone, with uh, Uncanny X-Men, Steve mm -hmm. Rogers, Super Soldier, yep. and Namor, the First Mutant. Yeah. This is written by James Asmus uh, with on all three of them with pencils by credited Nicholas Bradshaw. So we got Ooh. early Nick Bradshaw, uh, <laughs> Abraham Robertson and mm -hmm. Max uh, Fiumara or Fiumara, Max Fiumara. Uh, and I'm going to say right from the start, Hey, those are three comics names that I have seen before and after this. Yeah. And each one of them has a very distinct style. And, uh, I was at least from the 
you know, from going from issue to issue, they're very different from one another, but I was still at least excited to see some kind of a visual language. Like these were exciting pages to look at, even if I didn't always love the style on, on every single page. I was like, okay, these, these artists are going for something, you know? Yeah. What you specifically, Adam, need to do is like, are you familiar with Max's work? I don't know. I don't know that I've the seen more guy. Yeah. Um, where, where else would I have looked, looked at his art? You actually, no, I say this cause you haven't read uh, the BRPD stuff. Uh, oh, okay. He does a lot of Hellboy uh yeah. hellboy stuff uh, uh he does the abe sapien series oh that uh, would which be perfect a, okay no because as a series abe sapien is a bad series i'm just no but artistically like i can see like, already immediately yeah yes yeah yes because no. he's kind of drawing namor like abe sapien <laughs> just to be clear because i read brpd like front to back starting this year mm-hmm. uh and actually, I think maybe, you know what? Maybe that's what I'm going to do over Christmas break is restart my Hellboy rereading oh, or my nice. Hellboy reading. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe just reread all of Hellboy and then also maybe reread all of the Hellboy supplementary material that's not BRPD that I haven't read yet. Anyway, I say all that to say uh, Abe Sapien is easily the worst of the mainline Hellboy BRPD mm-hmm. books. Yeah, like, I've heard that. That's unfortunate. He's a great character. Ask- Ask Anna about her opinions on it. We've had talks. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, also, you know, loves that the, that BPRD stuff. So I got to read that at some point. Now, what I will say, speaking of BPRD and, and Hellboy, all three of these artists do really good monsters. And it comes in yeah. real handy here because the basic plot of this is pretty dumb. It's just that in a lab accident, some of the X-Men get sucked into the negative zone and Captain America has to go and rescue them. Um, and they have an adventure with Blastar. Uh, you know, I because... don't get Blastar. I'm going to be honest. He keeps showing up. Sure. And I, across Marvel stuff. And I don't get him. I mean, he's just like, a cosmic big guy, right? Like that's all okay. his deal is. Okay, yes, but if you're already in the negative zone, you could just use Annihilus. That's true, but Annihilus doesn't. I mean, he has the whole hissing thing, and like, I don't know. You need if when you need a different vibe, when you need a big guy that's about twenty feet tall that's gonna blast you from. Annihilus can also be a big dude. I don't. <laughs> uh, that's not a controversial statement. Dick Ryder once ripped his guts from the inside out. Annihilus can be big. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think Blastar is actually kind of fun here. He has taken over a um, prison that was built inside the negative zone by Reed Richards. And so yes, what he's trying, that was, that was in uh, guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> the so DNA he's... stuff After civil war. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so... That's where, Hey, wait, do you know nineties captain America character? Jack, Jack flag. Yes. Yes. That's when he joins them. He, okay. he was also in that prison. Okay. Uh, that's when he joins the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then yeah. n- Nazi Captain America threw him out of an airplane later. Oh, man. Amazing. That's how Jack Flags died. It, Jeez. You know, what, you know when Cap said, Hail Hydra? That's after yeah. he murdered Jack Flag, guy who hates space. Wow. I'm, 
I'm mad at of war. No one was mad enough about at Nick Spencer for the right things, and the right things were <laughs> killing, killing Jack, Jack Flag. Flag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So when I, we say that some of the X Men get sucked into the negative zone, specifically, we are talking about the very uh, angry at each other Hope and Cyclops. Also, everybody's favorite, Doctor Nemesis. And Namor. Hey, I'm going to point out, you're saying everybody's favorite. A lot of people do not like Dr. Nemesis. Oh, is that true? I like Dr. Nemesis. I think he's I like Dr. Nemesis. A lot of people don't like Dr. Nemesis. And some prolific Dr. Nemesis writers are trying their darndest to make other people dislike him. But... <sighs> yes, it is true. We need, to, we need to really get back to the Utopia era, Dr. Nemesis, don't we? We do by some of those exact same writers that are trying really hard I to know. people dislike him. I it's, know, it's so weird. We'll get into it someday. Folks, yes. I've been having a weird one recently. Uh, anyway. Uh, but I will say that there are some really fun things happening here, right? This is just a very silly space adventure. Um, it allows there to be this tension, you know, this... Uh, grandkid grandfather thing going between hope, hope and cyclops hopes just wants to go on adventures with the lights cyclops is basically like you're the mutant messiah you're grounded and there's some really fun interactions between the two of them you know there's this great scene where she's like cable taught me everything i need to know about how to survive you don't need to help me and cyclops is like hey who's got two thumbs and taught cable everything he knows <laughs> this guy it's like it's such I a really funny laugh for line. Cyclops. I hate it for Cyclops specifically, but I, 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 I get what they're doing there. It's funny. It's it's, it's like okay, it's not it as goofy as I just this. described it, but it's still pretty great. Um, he points to himself and says, "Who do you think taught Nate everything he knows?" Yeah, and smiles. Um, and then. You know, we get a built-in surprise antagonist because Namor cannot find water in the negative zone. So he essentially becomes their villain. He kicks the crap out of Blastar. He destroys yeah. their portal to go back home. And they got to figure out how to do it. Luckily, Dr. Nemesis comes to the rescue. Yeah, here's the... Has that been a thing for Namor? And I've just missed it that he, like, really needs to be wet at all times. I have no idea. I think what it supposes is that he obviously does need water in his life, right? You know what? But, I take this back. They did they did a very large movie about this like last year. Now that I say this out loud. Yeah. That was the inciting thing in Black Panther 2, The Rise of Wakanda. Wakanda forever, yeah, yeah, excuse yeah. me. But, okay. Never mind. You're good, James Asmus. I just don't know anymore. Also suggests that time is passing differently in the negative zone, right? So, like, it even though it hasn't been that long outside of the negative zone, they're stuck there for longer. So, like, he's really just going nuts and needs that water. So it's like it's like Dracula rules, but because he doesn't have yeah. native soil, he has to just use <laughs> any water. Yes. Yep. Pretty okay. much. Pretty much. Um, now, this is earlier Bradshaw, so he is doing the whole, like, face feature scrunched up thing, which is odd. It, I mean, it is, but it, it's also very, like, it's very recognizably Nick Bradshaw from Jump Street. Yes, 
Yes. Uh, it's by no means bad. It's just very noticeable in some of the, the compositions. Um, however, he's already doing these like amazing, massive double page spreads of like punching hermit crab monsters in space. And that's pretty rad. Oh, this was his, this was uh, Bradshaw's first like actual Marvel comic. Get out. Really? That's impressive yeah. to come out of the he gate did, this strong. He did one. I, I don't, I actually don't know what, what, if anything he was doing beforehand. One assumes that he was, uh, he had a he had a one pager uh, in Origins of Marvel Comics X Men, which okay seems sure. like they're like very short stories about X Men characters. I do not know. I should probably read that. That seems hmm. like hold on. This is that's Cy Spurrier, James Asmus, uh, Dwayne Swazerski, Jason Aaron, Mike Carey, Peter David, Marjorie Liu. Okay, hold on. I'd be oh well. Uh, other writers that I don't like and we're not talking about on this episode. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. It's just, there's a lot in this. And I think I may, I was going to read an actual book tonight after we record. Uh, I am I am going to uh, probably read this. Side note, by the way, this is the writer that I Yes, yes, you saw. just texted me. I see. I see what you mean. Uh, so I think there is uh, a lot of fun here. I mean, there's there's style. It is just a very stupid, like, dumb space adventure. I realize it's not actually happening in space. It's happening in the negative zone. But I, I enjoyed it. Like, after, especially after reading that last story that was so thin and really didn't have much going on. Like, this was a really fun, exciting adventure. Uh, that had enough character that I really enjoyed it. Do you think Nick Bradshaw ever gets annoyed when people call him Goose? Wait, why do they call him that? Do I not know oh, this? Because, uh, because Goose's name in Top Gun was Nick Bradshaw. Nick oh, was it? I didn't know that. Okay. I hmm. I learned I, it. I thought you were going to say is he get annoyed at being compared to Art Adams, but he clearly is like, doing an homage to Art Adams as part of his practice. So I don't think you would get annoyed at that. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Also, this was, this was his first, this was his first comic that wasn't by, Oh no, he did. I take that back. He did a little bit of danger girl for Wildstorm. Like he did. Oh, okay. He did four issues yeah, of danger girl. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, well, he did a couple of danger girl series, uh, but he was not like prolific until after this. Yeah. All right, so I know that I've good said for, that I, good for Nick I, don't, I don't really have the vibe on what you were thinking as you were reading this. Did you like this book? I didn't like it. I didn't think it was great. <laughs> James Asmus, James Asmus is not a writer who hits for me. Sure. Just, look, I bet he's a nice guy. I just like none of his stuff stands out to me or works for me. Uh, and this was no. No different. Uh, all of it was perfectly fine. I thought Captain America was written a little annoying in this. Like, this is very 2011. Like, he's, we haven't we haven't done the reckoning of, wait, if Captain America is going to be, like, the most popular thing, we got to figure out how to do that without being as jingoistic. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a little. This is like the this is like here. the last gasp. This is the last gasp of post nine eleven Captain America. Yeah, 
No, I, I can see that. But uh, it's definitely better than our first story. Uh, you want to try throwing this on our list here? I absolutely want to try throwing this on our list. It's better than our first story. Uh, I don't know. I think it's like, actually, you're making me think of it as fairly better. Because, like, is this better I mean, than... Uh, are we better, better than, than 600 Judgment War? That's kind of where I was looking, and I think... Like, we're in that run. Like, I wouldn't go too far into the 500s. Like, this is just okay, you know? Yeah, no, like, I don't think this is better than... 595's Curse of the Mutants, and I don't think Curse of the Mutants is good. I think it might be the dumbest thing ever. But I am starting to think that Curse of the Mutants has six issues, knows what it's doing, and I'm more annoyed that that entire Victor Glisher run just keeps trying to make vampires happen and they aren't happening. <laughs> uh, okay. I think it's more fun than blood ties at five ninety eight. I don't think it's better than X Corp. Okay. So let's make this our new five ninety eight. How does that sound? That sounds fine with me. All right. Great. So that was escape from the negative zone from 2011. And all right. So we've got one left and we did tease this at the end of our last episode. Um, Zach, this is Kings of Pain and uh, brother. Pain! 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 That's my that's my Rob Halford from Judas Priest saying <laughs> singing that that last part before the giant guitar solo and Painkiller, like it was Pain Kinger, like Kings of Pain. <laughs> Everyone knows 1991's Painkiller. The album that put Judas Priest back on the map immediately before Rob Halford got asked to leave, kicked out of the band. I'm still not 100% sure about that, but was no longer Gosh. part of the band for all the 90s. And then they made a yeah. Mark Wall movie about it called Rockstar uh, because Rob Halford got replaced by Tim the Ripper Owens, who was a Judas Priest cover band singer. Uh, and Wait, Judas, is that really what that movie is about? I had no and idea. And then Judas Priest was so annoyed with that movie because they said, all of this is wrong and makes us look really bad, that they took away any endorsement that they had of that film. Wow. Wow. So in the film, it's a Judas Priest movie? Like they are, they're licensed no. to say that? No. Okay. But it was based on Judas Priest in the 90s. Okay. I'm just checking because I didn't remember that being. I never saw the movie, but I. I just it's not good. If Mark Wahlberg and, and Jennifer Aniston were in a Judas Priest movie, which apparently they are, they weren't uh, not. That's the thing. They weren't not. in a Judas there Priest There you go. Movie. There you go. So, uh, first of all, thank you for that. I mean, we haven't had any Judas Priest content on the pod in it's a while. Been a I know I've thought about Judas Priest several times today already, though. So. <laughs> we know that there's that that contingent of our fans that always want that uh, as part of our of our show. Um, I just want to say off top that you know Fabian uh, Nicieza, who writes the majority of this. He is always going on record in the, in his interviews in the past about how Shattershot is the worst thing that he ever wrote for Marvel Comics. And Fabes, no, it's not. <laughs> this is very Do you possibly... think this is worse than Shattershot? This is interesting, Adam. Zach, this is really bad. Like, really bad. In, in I'm not saying it's good. Ways. What? I'm not saying it's good. 
I'm just saying, you think it's better than Shattershot? Or Dude, worse than Shattershot? Shattershot has, like, actual fun stuff happening in it, right? Like, we get the Ricochet Rita reveal. We get that whole future issue of X-Force by Greg Capullo. That issue's, like, bad. That issue's bad. There's still fun stuff in it. This, there is nothing fun about Hold this. on. Hold on. Hold the phone. Do you not think it's fun when the Alliance of Evil shows back up, tries to fight something, uh, and then they, um, then the uh, New Mutants slash it's X Force now, uh, but they still have New Mutants on the title. Uh, immediately capture Tower, who's still very tall, and they stick little guns at his head, like we're still shoot ya, we're still gonna shoot ya. <laughs> it's great, actually. I, it's not even a little bit. And unfortunately we get this think about amazing, the panel all the time. We get this amazing tease at the beginning of this story with the, the return of the exterminators only Sweet. for them not to be part of this story. I, they get right, back up me, at the end. That's pretty delightful. They do have that really great. Uh, oh, who, who is it that does it? It's the power. It's power. the Bogdanovs. It's yeah, Judy Bogdanovs. and John. Yeah, yeah, it's oh God. that. What a bad that guy. is great, except for the continued, the continued part where they're like, "Oh, Anna Lee died," and I'm like, "No, I read, I read Power Pack. She, she sucks." <laughs> I get that she was an old lady that got gunned down in a hate crime, but she also personally was not like my fave. It's it's they're little kids, you know. They anyway. Um, can we talk about? Let's just get some of the problematic stuff out of the way right about right off the bat uh let's talk about what this story is about this story is about advanced idea mechanics have a great idea they're gonna put proteus back together and put him into some body so that they can have their own proteus so this honestly great plan great plan except your execution here is let's hire an abusive mother who yes. drags her child around on a leash to yes. eat up the little pieces of Proteus that have been left around the planet until he yes. is an absolute blob monster. He he is an infla- inflation fetish man at a certain point, yes. Until, until Proteus lives again in the body of this child, and X-Factor yes. decides that the way to solve this problem is to convince Proteus that who is a child that he should Proteus. Who's like a teen. He's a teen Proteus. Children, the body of a child. Yes. Has been abused by her mother. This entire miniseries and X factors solution to this is that he should commit suicide. He should kill himself. That is what Listen. this story is about. Do not tell me this is better than Shattershot. This is garbage Listen. comics. That's a that's an insane. It's an insane. I'm sorry. It's just like it. It goes past the point of like bad and into this is one of the most unhinged comics I've. Heard. And, and I, I left out the fact that the comic also implies that all of this is somehow being controlled and or bet on by 
a chess playing duo who turns out to be Toad and Gideon. Yeah, the Kings of Pain. They That's are the, new, the titular the Kings of Pain. Name, the Kings of Pain. What in the okay, world? I want to talk about Cyclops's line because this is great. He is assessing the situation. Coming in late, says, We have to make Proteus want to end his existence. The only way to save Earth, maybe all of reality, is to get Proteus to commit suicide. Unhinged, Fabian. <laughs> totally unhinged. And the fact that... Okay. There's a couple of... There's a, there's a couple of things like this in this story. Okay? Feral repeatedly repeatedly uses racist native american language and names against warpath he specifically asks her not to do it and she continues to do it through the rest of the miniseries no, no. this is what's this is what you're missing on this because it bothered me too frenzy said or frenzy calls him like geronimo to like piss him off and he says hey he punches Frenzy out and he says to uh, Farrell, who's like hanging on his shoulder, that's what happens when people are racist to me. And then Farrell does the same thing. It's weird. It feels like like they forgot or they just want us to. Fabian Nicieza does hate Farrell. So this may be intentionally making you hate Farrell. I, I do have another, I want to go back to your Cyclops speech bubble because I do have another speech bubble that I need to read aloud on this show that I cannot believe made it into this comic. Okay. This is still part of that same, this is still part of that same conversation in the fourth issue, the X factor annual after Archangel has listened to what Cyclops is saying and has now heard the arguments from the kids in the room, right. Who are like, no, we need to you know, help this child. This the is kids, what by the way, says. New warriors who are yeah. in this comic. Because Fabes writes that comic. So of course, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy. I don't care about the new warriors. You're never going to make me care about justice or Firestar. but I'm glad. I'm glad that everyone's having fun. Silhouette seems great. Yeah, sure. So Archangel raising his finger to the sky says, let's not be ridiculous here. People we're dealing with two arrested personalities, which have been abused since childhood. What are we going to do? Help them quote unquote, come around to a decent way of thinking. Just, just soak that in people. This is the heroes of your story. This comic basically is you're saying these two abused children need to be put out of their damn misery because of their awful trauma. What? There's a there's there's something I think about specifically when it comes to comics, and this some this also happens in a lot of like genre media where you get too zoomed in to your own thing that you forget to read it to another person first who is not, like, broken like you are. Like, my wife doesn't care about any of this stuff, to be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife does not. She is not online. She is currently, like, not knitting. What's the one that you needlepoint stuff? Oh, yeah. Cool. She's 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 sewing that into, like, embroidering. She's doing embroidering on things because she's found a new hobby and she thinks it's fun. And I'm so happy for her. 
Yeah. It's great. It's great. I sometimes say, hey, babe, hey, uh, let me let me tell you this. Does this sound insane to you? And then she'll say, what are you talking about? That's the most insane thing you've ever said. It's stuff like this. It's stuff like it's stuff like when in the Jeff Johns Green Lantern, you know, you got the power rings for Green Lantern. So yes, you have yeah. the green power ring, the red power huh? ring. You know, and Jeff Johns mm-hmm. made them all. And then Jeff Johns, uh, in one of his events, I think it was Brightest Day, uh, made the ultimate power ring, which was all of the colors uh, unbroken, uh, mm-hmm. which was the white power ring. The white and power ring. Wow. And he didn't say that to another person first. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a, a good editor, you know? I, just, I think what, I hey, think this what bothers me. This is probably me. the issue of having editors be the ones writing the comics, right? So yeah, like, sometimes. Sometimes, edit right? it for you. Yeah. So I, I think the part of this that really bothers me is that there's a really the reason that they think that Proteus needs to die is because he has found peace in the afterlife and becoming kind of one with the universe. Right. Yes. And when he reforms the uh, area around Muir Island. And yes, we will get back to the fact that the timeline of this miniseries, uh, this this crossover also makes no sense. Um, uh he has transformed everything into this sort of like geometric landscape, right? It he looks sees, like a video shame. It, it does. It does. Now we are familiar with our X-Men having technology like the danger room that can really make you see and experience whatever you want. Why in the world does he need to die to get back to that when they could create a simulation for him that he could be happy in? Again. But no, their answer is they have to kill these two children. It's wild. Again, you get too sucked into your own sci-fi concept to realize what it what it actually is. It's in it. I'm not saying that this is not a truly bananas story. I'm just saying at a certain point, like my brain has shut off and I am I am full on like, oh my gosh, mode. Because really. I don't think it goes completely off rails until that last issue, the X Factor Annual, where they're like, oh, oh yeah, and the solution, solution wait, 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 is to wait, do wait. the murder. It didn't go off the rails when there was a small child that was being brought around on an electric leash and being made to gorge himself for three issues? That didn't, we that weren't, didn't set off alarm we bells? Weren't, we weren't meant <laughs> to think that was a good thing. That was the act of the villain in the piece. Like I know, but it's just I get so it. over the top. And it's like, you know, okay, but it's outfitted... yes, this is this is a child being textually abused, but they're being abused by eating this ghost spirit of a like a another person and inflating into truly comical proportions. Like, I get it. It's just like it's it's such a bad way to get across what you're trying to get across, which are some complex themes and ideas, but you're doing it with a lot of fetish imagery, Fabian. There's just no reason for the like, like the story feels really fat phobic and it doesn't need to be. The kid could be absorbing all the energy without having this like transformation. Uh, oh, it's just yes, very no, odd. It's, 
very odd is the way I would describe Kings of Pain. Yes, Adam. Yeah. We should the mention. Mom is walking uh, around in like an orange strife costume uh, that AIM designed I, for her. I kind of, I kind of love, I kind of love that design as a nineties design. Oh, it, it could be great if it wasn't being worn by an abusive mom whose power was to leash her son. Hold on. Let's not. We like Strife's costume. Let's not pretend like Strife would not be an abusive mom if he had the ability to. Oh, uh, let's like hope Strife had never. Kids. Yeah, Strife shouldn't procreate. Let's agree. <laughs> I don't know. He he tried to raise Scott and Jean really good that one time. Oh, yeah. Just model parenting right there. Model parenting. That's the, that the point. Hey, do we what's mention up with... the. Oh, go, go on, ahead. go on. You, no, you do. I was just going to say, you we have thing. not mentioned the, the big draw to Kings of Pain, which was these really stylish and great covers by uh, Mike Mignola. Um, so They're imagine anyone's disappointment when they opened the books and did not find uh, Mike Mignola drawing a, a single okay, page of this. It's Gong Yap, it's Mark Bagley, it's Tom Rainey, it's Terry Shoemaker. It's not like bad it's, artists. It's, it's just not the not, worst. No, it's not it's, the worst. It's just it's, not Mike. <laughs> it's just not Mike. No, uh, it's not. So Kings of Pain is insane. It is. Unhinged. It really is. Let's talk about the rest of this. Should we talk about the fact that this, like... Because of the New Mutants X-Force line and the fact that this also happens like pre slash during Muir Island Saga, that it really doesn't make a dang bit of sense that X-Factor ends up on the, on the island. And, oh, it's so weird. Like, they clearly just don't know when this is happening. Well, hold on. Where's X-Factor? No, this could work. No, this happens. This happens literally... Between New Mutants 100 and X-Force number one. Right. That That is okay. And it happens right before Muir Island Saga. That's the part that doesn't make as much sense. Because X-Factor has to be summoned to Muir Island Saga uh, by Professor X. And there's no indication that they've been to Muir Island and, and have had any interactions with Moira's... Yes. Island team. But, but to be fair, Mirror Island Saga is poorly written. And I, it had to be rewritten. And on the so is this. Yeah, you got this two is. very poorly written things. And, you know, you're trying to, to squeeze these things together on one timeline. Can we it talk about the backups? Sense. Can we talk about the backups? Let's talk about some backups. Uh, what? Which? I mean, we already talked about the really great Exterminators one. That's cute. That's cute. Uh, no one cares about the new new warriors backups. I did not read the origins of the. Didn't new read warriors. any of those. Did I'm you read sorry, the? Uh, did you read the Freedom Force one? The Razor's Edge. You know I read the Razor's Edge, Adam, <laughs> with Fabes and Jerry Declare. Yeah, I yes. read it. And Fox. Steve Butler, um, and Kirk Javin. Um, so here's this is the crazy thing about this story. This is about Freedom Force. Going to Iraq during uh, yep. Desert Storm yep. to extract a scientist. Mm-hmm. And the mission goes bad because all of the Middle Eastern supervillains uh, just absolutely destroy them. Super Saber gets dead. Crimson Commando gets mutilated. And then later, like, we assume dead later. 
uh, Blob and uh, Pyro, or no, is it Blob and Pyro that, yeah, Blob and Pyro get captured and Avalanche runs away. Yep. Hey, Adam, you know this is just a backdoor pitch for the, uh, like, a backdoor pilot thing for the never-happened Eric Larson X-Factor, right? Oh, is that what it is? Interesting. Okay. Crimson Commando gets all messed up, yeah, and he's supposed to be Super right. Soldier in that. Yeah, and he was supposed to be Pyro. Super Patriot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the... Mm, I didn't make that it's connection. That. It's that. Interesting. Okay, cool. What'd you think of the Wolverine one, where he where he fights his skeleton? <laughs> I think it's funny that there's a story where Wolverine fights his own skeleton. I don't have a... Also, like, I love the last page where he's uh, meditating in the nude, but like he's he's specifically folded up so you can't see his junk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's really funny. Well, okay, now the main I... event is probably the the Mystique and Destiny backup in X Factor, right? Okay, here's the thing: How did anybody read this and be like, "Oh yeah, they're just friends"? I know that like most of the Mystique and Destiny stuff is pretty explicit, mm-hmm. but like to hear. To hear Hickman say it, or tell it, I forget what interview it was. At one point, he was like, yeah, I didn't know uh, Mystique saying I want my wife back would be a big deal. I literally thought we all, like, had read these things. Right. Like, I yeah. thought we all, I thought this was like, I didn't think I was actually breaking any ground on this one. <laughs> no, he's not, right? Because here we have, this is uh, Peter David writing this backup story. Um, Mystique is is going to dispose of Destiny's ashes uh, after she died on Muir Island. And she then has this flashback to Destiny taking our, her on a previous cruise. Um, and, you know, this, this little flashback of Destiny just wanting Mystique to be happy, uh, you know, wanting to get some joy out of life. And then, you know, Mystique there's one aspect of this that does not work for me, but mystique does throw the ashes Titanic style off of the back of, of this boat, which destiny specifically told her to do when and where. Yes. And what happens? The ashes fly back in her face and mystique. The ashes fly back in her face. Mystique cracks up and is laughing because she knows destiny knew this was going to happen. And it's just a chance for her to loosen up. Now there is a Beatles song and Mystique singing the lyrics to it, which I think feels a little out of character, but, um, aside when she from starts that, singing Obladi, Oblada, life goes on. Yeah. Bro. Little weird just, for Mystique to be singing that, but whatever. That's, that's a weird choice of Peter David to put in his obvious favorite Beatles song. Like, Oh yeah. Obladi, Oblada. That's what Mystique should sing and joy with her. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't I don't, I don't really get it work, but the rest of it's great. I've, I've made a point on this podcast uh, to say that mm. two-time Glad Award winner Peter Allen David is not my favorite writer out there because mm-hmm. I've read his comics. Like I, I know this is a fun, this is a funny bit. Like this works. it's a sweet story about sweethearts, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and I would say that backup is probably my favorite part of these four issues because the rest of it. Man, it had been a while since I revisited Kings of Pain. This is really bad. Like, really bad. And I know that you're on, on like, I <laughs> I feel like you are definitely trying to 
get as much enjoyment out of it because of how bonkers it is, but it really is offensive. Like I, I don't think Fabes had any concept of just how bad it was of what he was doing, but looking back on it, it really is atrocious. Hey, quick question. Why is Shattershot at 565 on our list? That's too high. That's too high? Shattershot too high. Man, there's fun stuff in Shattershot. Is Shattershot better than Uncanny X-Men 202 to 203 Secret Wars 2? Yes. That you know Secret Wars 2 stuff sucks. Let's not relitigate I, this right now. I I just think I just think maybe Maybe one of us bought those comics when we were at an impressible age. <laughs> Listen, are you trying to tell me that this story that we are talking about, Kings of Pain, is is like somehow going to make it like higher than that? I, there's no way. No, I think Shattershot's no on our list. That's what I'm saying. Okay, well, let's put that aside for a second. Like you have That's highlighted the, the the Muir Island saga. I think oh, this, this is, is worse than the Muir Island saga. I also think this is worse than Muir Island Saga. I don't think this is good. I just want to be clear. Like, this is worse than IVX. Uh, probably, it's worse than Magneto War at 663. Yeah. Yep. Where did we put... They... Is it worse than Star Trek X-Men? Yeah, oh, wait, That's kinda. the next generation. Is this it worse is... than the Nova Roma arc of New Mutants at 685? That's a good question. Yes, because it's also worse than Heroes for Hope. Mm. Um, here's what I'd say. I would put this yeah. below X-Men the End, Heroes and Martyrs. And actually, now that I'm looking at it, I am going to go low. I would put it below that, but above Rise of Apocalypse. No, actually, no, Rise of Apocalypse. But I'd put it above the Gladiators arc of New Mutants at 708. Nope, because that is Bill Sikavich arc. Uh, I'd put it above Everfrost Higher Learning. Okay, yeah, this is not better than Emma Frost's 7 to 12 mind games. And, okay, that's a perfect place for it. 713 Kings of Pain. Oof. That's, that's Oof above the, the first arc of Emma Frost. It's below Oof. the second arc of Emma Frost. Yes. Jeez, I didn't please. say Kings of Pain was good. I'm just I'm just saying. I appreciate that, that you can read something like this and kind of rubberneck because like it is a car crash, you know, it's I, like, I am, I am at the point. I am at the point in my media consummation that things no longer upset me. I just vibe with them. Now I get upset. If book too long, if books too long <laughs> and I'm already going to read it, but book too long. I don't like that. Kings Sometimes, of Pain wasn't, wasn't too long for you. Four issues? Honestly, it wasn't. It wasn't because the backups, okay, broke almost up across the board, you. were delightful. All right, good, 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 good. Well, look, if you can get any joy out of Kings of Pain, I'm glad that you did, and uh, I hope listeners also enjoyed this uh, very uh, silly episode about annuals. Adam, what what do you got going on? Well, hold on. First, you got to thank our uh, our patron again. That's how we do the show. You're right. You're right. You're right. Patrick, Stump, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate all your Patreon support. Want to be like Patrick? Patreon.com slash Battle of the Atom. Do it. Do it. Here. Do it. Do it and make us review something. I don't know. I'm just looking. Is there anything we want to talk about that we can like try and convince people to make us talk about? 
Oh, there's always. Can we something. convince people that the Al Ewing Rocket Raccoon comic is an X Men comic? Do you think we could do that? <laughs> I can come up with a compelling case. Oh my goodness! How about we get some of the good annuals? I mean, there are some good standalone annuals we haven't talked about. You keep um, saying that, and you have yet to prove it. There are definitely some that we haven't talked about. There's some Art Adams ones. There's the, the Wild Ways ones. Like there's some classic X Men annuals that we have not discussed and new mutants anyway no, classic x-men didn't have annuals you you're getting what? confused mm, you got me <laughs> what do you got going on what do you got going on not much not much uh follow me on socials uh adam wreck on blue sky and instagram arthur stacy on twitter zach what are we doing next week it's it's christmas time again jingle bells jingle bells yeah that's that that's it. It's Christmas again. We're going to do a Christmas one, everyone. This is, is going to be a Christmas one. You you know what time of year it is. That's right. Happy holidays. We're running out of Christmas comics, to be clear. Again, some may say the show's gone on for too long. And to that I say, you're still listening. <laughs> We're still our, making it. All I can say is, our numbers are only going up. Yes. Some people are saying... We're getting better with age, you know? I've so, heard that. I've heard that feedback. I, I've heard that feedback, too. And I've got to say, folks, you need to raise the bar a little bit. We're just having fun here. don't know how to take a compliment, clearly. No, I so. don't. Adam, I have anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, folks, this has been Battle of the Adam. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!